thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world, sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'm super excited for today's show as we welcome Megan Halsinger, Director of Customer Success at JB Sales Training in Massachusetts. Megan works for John Barrows. Many of you know John Barrows from the Make It Happen Mondays podcast and from all the incredible work that he's done with sales consulting, sales training, and just general sales education over the last several years. Megan is a passionate customer success and sales leader. She spent over 15 years working at a plethora of incredible companies and engaging with all sorts of different types of customers along the way. In today's episode, Megan and I chat through the four CX pillars and we get an inside look at how Megan got to where she is today and how she thinks about customer experience, customer success, and tying sales directly to the way that you manage your customers every single solitary day. All right, Megan Holsinger, welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. We are thrilled to have you on the show today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So, Megan, why don't we start off the show with you kind of just jumping into your um, your elevator pitch around how you got into customer experience, customer success, and how you landed where you are today as a customer-focused business leader. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, currently, I'm the Director of Customer Success for JB Sales. Um, it's been a journey. It's been about 20 years of, of me getting to this place. Um, and it actually all started with a sales training company uh, back in the day. I was, uh, I was very long story short, but in graduate school, uh, getting my master's in education and thought I wanted to teach uh, small children Latin. And wow. it turns out, yeah, wow, right? <laughs> um, it turns, turns out that's not something I actually really wanted to do. I have no patience. Uh, for for small children, even my own right now, I don't have them. So you and um, many, you and many, yeah, Meg. right? Yeah, didn't didn't want to do that, but finished my master's, took a part time job for a company called Global Sales Alliance, which was sales training company, and the woman who is a, a mentor that owned it, uh, her name was Nancy Stevens uh, at the time, and she immediately saw that I had an interest in talking to people and more importantly, just asking questions. I was, I've always considered myself to be very curious about the world around me. Uh, and so she hired me as her, you know, office manager, part assistant, um, but quickly turned me into uh, back then what we called an account manager, which of okay. course nowadays we call them CSMs or there's lots of different varieties of, of that name. So um, I morphed through various acquisitions of that company and through other various acquisitions of private equity into different software companies um, and kind of rose up through the ranks uh, to eventually lead and build um, uh, CS teams uh, from the start. Um, my knack, my, my area of interest has always been specifically sales within CS. Okay. Um, and that's a topic that I feel like can be taboo. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like some folks really don't like to associate sales and CS uh, at 
the same time. So I'm, I've sort of been on a mission to, uh, you know, to say, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not, it's not true. You, you are selling when you're in CS. So here 100%. I am now um, back, back in doing the sales training component that I really love working with a super diverse um, audience. And it's, it's been great. That's awesome. So, I mean, why don't you jump into a little bit about JB Sales Training and what you guys do today? Yep. So, um, JB Sales was started by John Barrows. Um, so, formerly John Barrows, J Barrows Sales Training. Um, if you are in and you're listening to this and you are in the, the sales world, it is pretty common that you've learned and known about John uh, and his training for a oh, very yeah. long time. Um, he's, he's well known um, and he's, he's a, he's a very special, special individual. <laughs> that I love. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I had actually not, when I started, uh, I was at a previous company, um, a software company running their CS team and I actually was not looking for a new job. Um, and then John kind of approached me, um, and I had heard about who he was, but I, I didn't, I wasn't like a fangirl or anything. I, I didn't have like a deep connection to it. Um, but it was, it's been very interesting to learn um, what he does. We offer um, a bunch of different programs. We offer a prospecting program. We offer um, a closing program. We offer now a, a customer success and sales program, which I'm super excited about um, that I've been developing uh, and we deliver it to audiences, big and small. Um, we've been, of course, doing a ton over remote Zooms, uh, but we were on planes and trains uh, prior to, to COVID, um, delivering it to uh, audiences, larger, uh, you know, big, big companies, big, big giant enterprise companies, as well as sort of companies that maybe just got their B round, growing sales teams in the SaaS space is what we typically like to, to uh, focus on. Yeah. And guys, for, for, for those that don't know, John does the Make It Happen Mondays podcast. Mm. It is a must listen. You have to listen to his show. Um, why don't you tell us, Meg, a little bit about the JB Sales Training team today? We'd love to learn more about how you guys built the team and how you actually manage all the customers that you're working with today. Yeah, that's really, that's a great question because it has evolved quite a bit um, just even in the last, say, like eight or nine months. So John was always sort of a, in the beginning, a, a one-man show, um, but then early on, probably about seven or eight years ago, decided to actually bring on some executive level presence um, and brought on a COO and a CRO um, to help him run his business um, and really get, from a marketing perspective, his content out there and, and, and help him see the world. And that's truly what has made his name, you know, a household name was him deciding yeah. to make those investments. Um, then a, a couple of years ago, he decided to expand um, his training team. And so we brought on uh, Morgan Ingram and James Buckley, um, both of which have a lot of experience in building their brands. Um, Morgan has a ton of experience in um, being an actual SDR, like in the trenches and, yep. and doing it from a, a management perspective. So we brought them on um, as trainers, which was another um, kind of big leap for John and growing his team. And then for about a year and a half, um, everything kind of worked just as I said, you know, they, they had the executives in place, things were humming, but John had this nagging thing in the back of his head that he would go and deliver this training to people and it was awesome. And then he would say goodbye and he'd probably send a follow-up email and say, here's some things I shared with you. And then he would be on to the next one. And there yep. was no one that was doing any sort of engagement into 
what we'll call his existing book of business. Now, he was lucky that people would return because it was great training or they would refer him and he built up a wonderful referral engine, but he knew he was leaving potentially a million dollars worth of business on the table by not having anyone kind of mine these larger organizations looking for opportunities. Um, And that's when he decided to invest in someone that could actually build a CS process um, and then also do the work themselves, right? So actually work with existing accounts. uh, And that's how I got into it. So um, I don't have a team that works for me anymore. I'm used to having um, large teams underneath me. And I have to say for the first time in a long time, I'm actually quite happy about that. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm really happy being an individual contributor right now um, and, and not having that management component. Anyone out there who's listening that, you know, has managed teams, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's, it's great, but it it also is incredibly stressful and and can be incredibly time consuming. So, Oh yeah. Especially uh, now, Meg, especially in today's world right now. Yep, absolutely. And it's, it's different. And there are people that have no idea what they're doing when it comes to management and they're, they're making it up as they go along. And, um, I applaud them because that's how you learn, right? (laughs) That's how you figure it out. But like, I was one of those people and I did learn a lot and I wouldn't, I don't take it back, but I'm very happy being in a role right now that, um, allows me to really focus on our customer base, but takes me back to my sales roots, which I love, um, I love being able to, to talk with existing customers and asking them questions and uncovering opportunities and going back and, and there's nothing better than creating that op in Salesforce. Um, and we have an integration in our Slack where it notifies the whole team when someone's got an opportunity and there's just nothing better than that feeling of knowing that you went out there, asked some questions, got an op and you're going to work it now. Big time. Yep. It's one of the best parts of business for sure. So you already started to, to, to dabble into tools. I'd love to spend a couple of minutes talking about if you are currently dealing with all of the customer success at GB Sales Training, what does your toolkit look like, Meg? Can you talk a little bit about how you guys have sort of built out your toolkit to be able to manage your inbounds, manage your reoccurring customer, uh, talking about opportunities, right? How do you kind of keep it all together on the day-to-day with your tool set? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, it was a perfect process in place and we had all the right things. I mean, sometimes there's duct tape involved for sure. Um, and you're, you're figuring out as you go along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, I always think it's funny when people kind of post and say that they've got all their ducks in the row and they've got all these great experiences. And you're like, you don't have that. <laughs> yeah, like, right, you, right. It, you are totally making up half the stuff that you're doing. And that's yeah. the reality of it. We all are. We all are. We all are. And, and that's part of being in customer success is, is being agile, right? And, and yep. being able to look at it. So from a, from a tech stack perspective, so I mean, my biggest piece of advice is have some sort of central repository for where you can um, store your customer data. For us, it's Salesforce. Okay. Um, we live and breathe by Salesforce. Um, I live and breathe by a task uh, menu in Salesforce every day. It sort of sets the tone of my day, whether that's a follow-up, whether that's a prepping for a call that I have. I'm a big task person um, within Salesforce. I've used other things too um, that you know can help uh, as well. I've used kind of home-built stuff. I've used a, a Microsoft uh, CRM Dynamics that was, I don't even know if that's still around anymore. I might have just dated myself. Um, <laughs> There's, there's lots of stuff. I mean, Gainsight, uh, yep, yep. Zero, a bunch of them are incorporating 
um, you know, different points. Even Zendesk now is incorporating from a support perspective, yep, big time. Um, various different things. So there's a lot out there, but I would say some sort of central repository um, for, for your data keeping and, and having some sort of a feature that you want to take notes with um, because that is that is something I do all the time. I use Evernote. Okay. Um, Evernote also integrates with Salesforce, which is awesome and really easy. So I just sit and type in Evernote and it will integrate into the opportunity or whatever contact I'm, I'm talking to, yep. um, which is which is awesome. We also are big users of Gong. Um, so from a, rel- a revenue intelligence standpoint, so everything that we do when we're on a call um, is recorded by Gong. And okay. I cannot tell you for Gong, typically uh, their audience is salespeople, but if from a CS perspective, it is invaluable. How many times has any one of you out there been on a phone call? You're back to back, you're talking to a customer, they just dropped some great knowledge on you. And then you get off that call and you go to the next one and you go to the next one and it's the end of the day and you can't remember which one you talked to and who was who. Yep, yep. I oftentimes go, I I mean, pretty much truly every day I go back into Gong and I will listen back in my calls. You can listen on 2x speed so you're not, (laughs) you know, listening to every single thing. Um, You can type in different um, uh, words to find out, like I'll type in next steps and it will okay. tell me every single time I talked about next steps so that I remember what I did <laughs> and yeah. what I said. Um, it also is good feedback for me, right? As, as a person, like I can go in and kind of start to listen, um, as to what I'm, I'm doing and what I'm saying. So gong is a great, um, thing to have. Uh, we just started using Proposify. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, which helps us uh, streamline our proposal process quite a bit. Um, and then I use things like simple things like Owler and Feedly sure. um, that come into my inbox every morning. Um, I usually am reading through that as I'm trying to either get someone out the door or walking a dog or having some coffee. I'm scrolling through it to see, all right, anything in my customer base that's worth noting, right? In yep. fact, one this morning, um, a prospect that I'm trying to, to re-engage uh, partnered with another client of ours. And I thought, interesting, yeah. I could use that. Yep. Uh, and it was a way to personalize that outreach. Love it. So you're connecting all these tools and you're basically making um, uh, a really, really nice machine of ways of managing your customer, managing yourself and all the things that you have to do in the day-to-day and really keep it on top of the of the day-to-day action of running the business. I mean, that stuff is hard, but you've got a nice toolkit built right now, Meg. I, I like what we have a lot and I feel like it... Um it's, it's only as good as the data that you put into it, right? Always, so, always, know, yep. Garbage in is garbage out. So I try really hard to, you know, pick a, a, a tool set that I feel is going to help me and help the business and help me be a better CS leader and a CS person to my clients. And um, I pride myself on going into any call that I have. And I, I really don't care if, if you're a teeny, teeny, tiny little customer or one of our larger enterprise ones. I pride myself on, on knowing kind of what we had talked about the last time and yep. what the agenda is moving forward. I, I really don't like, you know, going in unprepared for something. Now, that's not to say I, we've all been guilty of it, right? Oh, yeah, all of course, of course. Of course. Of course. On a call and been like, 
uh <laughs> yeah yeah what it is, happens it happens to the best of us of course it does and and again like you'd be you'd be lying if you said that never happened to you but um i try really hard to share you know to, to try to connect as fast as i can and to be as prepared and um having the right tool set and having the right things that make it easy and and it just you're just doing it right you're doing it over and over again and so it just becomes habit yep. again the task list in, in salesforce for me if it, it actually for some reason went away a, a couple of weeks ago, I don't, I, we had a new integration and it went away and I, 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 I had a panic attack. I was like, where's my, where's my task list? Like I, right. I can't function without this. And it just goes to show you how much you rely on those types of things. Big time, big time. What about, what about process and workflow, Meg? So you have the toolkit part all ironed out. How do you think about the way that you guys build your processes or your playbooks at GB sales training to keep all this stuff together? Mm-hmm. So when I started, there was no playbook for CS um, at all. We had nothing because it, it, we had a we had a nice playbook for how to handle prospecting. Of course, that's what we do for yep, a living. Yep, sure. Uh, but we had no playbook in place for what to do now that they're an existing um, customer. So one of the yeah. very first things um, I did is is map out what what contacts do we have within a within a client and how many outreaches are we currently doing okay and in the beginning there weren't many right Uh, that has evolved quite a bit um over the last you know nine ten months uh reason being is i'm a big believer in trying different things so i put a couple things into place in the beginning where i said all right we're gonna send emails every two weeks to customers post training and I built a campaign and we did that. Yep. Turns out that didn't work so great for all customers. It wasn't needed and it was a lot of work. So I said, okay, let's go back to square one and start again. And we redeveloped it. And now we bucket our customers and say, all right, if you did this with us and you are of this size, you're going to get this, um, this temp, I don't, and I don't like the word template because I'm personalizing the living daylights out of them. But, sure, sure. Um, you're going to get this sort of messaging sequence. Okay. Uh, yep. And then, you know, if you are this size and you did this training, so we bucketed up the different um, types of clients. And that was important because it's all about knowing your audience and it's yeah. about, it's about connecting with the people on the other side that actually want to hear what you have to say. So we started that playbook. We started, um, uh, which again, kind of evolved, and I, I cannot stress this enough. If if you are in, you know, the business of creating playbooks right now, or you're in the business of looking at process, if you don't build in agile and flexible components to what you're doing, you are going to be very sorry because yep. what what works today is not necessarily going to work in six months from now. Um, especially in the world that we're in right now, it just changes. And so you have to be um, able to be agile. So anything that I do create, we're testing, always, always testing and doing a lot of AB split, um, testing on one cohort versus another, seeing what gets more of a response, seeing what gets more of engagement and going with that. I love it. I think that's huge. And you're right, right, right now, more than ever, you have got to be flexible and these playbooks have to be living. They're, they're, they're living, breathing things that change every day, every week, every month and every quarter right now, Meg. Yeah. And if you can't, and, and if that bothers you and, and I get it, like, listen, there are people that want a process and to stick through it. Like, totally. I, totally. And, yep. and it takes me back to my management days where I would have to, you know, when I was working with these teams and, and putting in new changes and there was always a group that kind of was resistant to that change and they didn't like it. And then there was always a group that, you know, loved it and wasn't phased by it. 
And you have to respect both because both bring a lot to the table. But what I always said is if you don't have the stomach for change, if change doesn't get you up in the morning and excite you, then, then definitely don't work for a fast-growing SaaS company. <laughs> um, you, don't do you, will, you will drive yeah. yourself crazy if you were somebody like that, Meg. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and but, but I always said, and that's okay. If you don't like that, that's okay. Like, I, I never want to tell people that it, that's wrong. I just want to tell people to follow what they're passionate about and what yeah. – they want to do. And, and sometimes you have to go through, a, you gotta, you gotta kiss a couple frogs to meet the prince. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well said. So Meg, what about, what about customer feedback? I love the way that John and all of his, all of his content, all the work he does, you can tell that John is like an incredibly customer focused business leader. He's always thinking about what, what are they saying? What are they thinking? What do they need? What are they telling me? How can I offer value? How can I, how can I help them? Right. When you, so I got to imagine for some of the stuff that you guys are doing with your clients, I'd love to pick your brain and take, take a couple minutes to, to understand how you guys think about collecting your customer feedback. And then more importantly, because you're doing, you're doing training, right? You have the ability to change this stuff on the fly, just like we were talking about. Can you spend some time talking about how you guys sort of have built out the way that you manage your customer feedback and how you've used it to grow the business and how you've used it to leverage finding additional brand new customers that want the same type of results? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. So um, we collect feedback in a number of different ways, and that is that is the single most important thing to think about. Having only one path for feedback is not going to get you anything. Yep. You gotta you gotta think about it in a broad, sweeping sense of how you're gathering it. Um, so at a very basic level, I mean, we do where we love G two. We're always asking our clients for reviews awesome. um, to leave us a review. I monitor that on a day to day basis. So anyone that leaves us a review, I am reading it. Yep. Um, if there's feedback in there where they either, you know, drop something they weren't happy with, or even if they, they loved it, I am trying to connect with them. So there's, there's that, that level of sort of consistent feedback that happens. Okay. But okay. Then, um, there's, there's sort of the bigger picture feedback. And then how do you take what your client base needs and wants, and then almost in some levels, take it back and, and productize it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. How then, exactly. Like, how do you then make it, make it real? So it, there, there's two things that I did when I first started and I do this, I did this with any company that I would start at is I would just become obsessed with talking to clients. Um, I must've spoken to 50 of, of our clients within the first, I don't know, 60 days of, yeah. of me being here. In fact, it was part of my plan when I was interviewing with John was like, this is what I wanted to do. And I used it a format every single time I asked about five or six different questions um, and then what was important is I shared the feedback, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Nice. I shared that feedback with our team always. I'd post it in a Slack channel. I, um, what, it didn't matter. I mean, it wasn't pretty. It was in a Google sure. Doc yeah. at the time, but I yeah. shared it and, and would highlight kind of the, the ups and downs of it. Um, so that helped me kind of get a, a good sense of where our customer base was. Um, now, moving forward, my biggest piece of advice for anyone looking to get feedback is to ask questions. And I know that that sounds really silly and and kind of simple, but it's, you'd be shocked if you listen to a CS person on the phone with an existing client, the lack of question asking that is happening on that call. Yeah. 
And what I mean is the, the types of questions that you should be asking to get that feedback or to get that opportunity or to get that renewal, whatever it is, are things like, help me understand how you make decisions or yep. help me share with me how the usage of our product has helped you adapt to X, Y, and Z. Ask the questions. When you ask the question, you're going to get an answer of some kind. And the answer is going to help you do two things. One, it's going to help you think in the mind of a customer. And you're going to say to yourself, all right, so that's what they care about, right? Yeah. That's what they're really, they seem to be going back to this topic over and over again. Okay, that's good for me to know. And then also, by default, it's building your business acumen, which yep. for me is another topic of conversation that I feel is so important when you're growing as a CSM and you're growing with a, or, you know, a CX person. It's so important to build that business acumen. But for me, we gather that feedback by asking questions um, in a variety of different ways. And then, of course, lastly, documenting it. So yep, time. Um, the documentation is key. Now, when you get more into a transactional organization where you're, you're, you're serving more of a support type thing, there's many great ways to, to document that. You know, Zendesk or... Um, all sorts of different things have ways in which you can capture kind of timely feedback in that capacity, but asking questions is huge. I love it. And, and, and it just shows you care, right? Like when you break it down to the simplest level, like asking meaningful questions, having like honest dialogue, candid back and forth, that it just, it's, it's great for relationship building and then your customers or your accounts they're going to feel that, right? They're going to feel that. They're going to share that information. It shows that you care. You're learning more about their business to your point, Meg. And frankly, it's just a great relationship builder. You don't, you're not going to build relationships by having some of these, you know, shallow kind of pointless types of conversations to ask about people's family, ask about their favorite sports team, ask about some of the stuff that's going on in people's lives, especially yeah. now, right? Like me and you were talking about this the other day, like some of these calls, it's, Hey, it's fine to spend the first couple minutes right now just talking about like regular human things, right? People aren't going through a normal time right now. So make it, and, and to your point, earlier point, like personalization, right? This is another piece of like every one of these phone calls, every one of these interactions, every one of these tickets gives you an opportunity to really kind of touch a customer a little bit closer than, than before and really connect with that customer. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it's, it's also about knowing your audience too. That's one thing that I, I can't stress enough, you know, if, if you get the sense that you're on a call with a customer that's pretty direct and, and doesn't feel like sharing a bunch, you know, don't, don't do that then. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> uh, right. Be, yeah, be don't aware who your audience is, understand who you're talking to, um, understand what they need. And then you, you as a CS person need to make sure that you're changing how you're operating with them. So it is all about being in their world. It has nothing to do with your world, friends. Right. I don't know what else to tell you. But yep. that is that is what it is. That's one of the hardest things to get through to people sometimes um, is that transfer away from yourself and outwards to others. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. Meg, I'd like to one one last follow up on that. What about the employee feedback part? Um, you know, this whole this whole employee experience ex type of of, of 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 thinking. It's been growing. Obviously, the best companies in the world do a great job of taking care of their teams. Everybody knows that happy, uh, uh, challenged, um, you know, vested teams are going to create awesome customer bases, right? Can you spend a couple minutes kind of talking about, uh, you know, how do you guys take some of the internal employee feedback at mm -hmm. JB Sales Training 
and use it. You get because you guys are all touching this stuff super close, right? So I got to imagine, and I know from everything that I've ever heard John talk about or everything that I've seen with his content, it's constantly about taking taking feedback, whether it's customer or employee, and, and you already mentioned this, Meg, but baking it into some of your future product optimization, baking it into the way that maybe you think about how you can kind of tweak that conversions just a little bit, right? Just to make it a little bit better. Can you spend a little bit of time talking about sort of how you guys share some of your employee feedback? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So employee feedback for me has is always had a special place in my heart. I um, I really grew up as a CS person at a company called the Predictive Index, um, okay. which is which is one of the best jobs I ever had. I was there for close to fifteen years. Um, they're they're a wonderful organization, and they at, in the beginning they there's so much more than that now, but uh, a behavioral assessment for hiring and management. So that employee experience to me has always been something close to my heart. I've loved being able to understand how to work better with others, how to work better with my employees, how to work better with with my teammates. Um, so that sort of stuck with me throughout the years. And now fast forward um, many jobs later and, and into the role that I'm in right now, just the concept of feedback alone is something um, that I think is, is super important for any organization to kind of um, uh, take in and, and yep. a lot of people are very scared of it uh, but it, it you shouldn't um, it comes down to at the end of the day and I and I truly believe this is two things one is your self-awareness so if you have the self-awareness to understand that you are not the most perfect human being in the entire world then you can take that employee feedback you can take that customer feedback and start making actual changes to it right and start making yep. actual changes to how you're doing things um, the other thing is your emotional intelligence, right? So, which plays into your self-awareness for sure. Definitely. Um, but, you know, how how apt are you at being able to read the room and understand the feedback at heart um, and then being able to take that and turn it into something? So, for instance, you know, we had, um, if I ever hear that, you know, I uh, feedback, like, for instance, maybe I, I talk too much or, or I, I elongate things too much or whatever, when I hear that, I stop and I say mm -hmm. to myself, okay, let me go back and think about what I did differently or what I could do differently. Yeah. Uh, it's being open to it. For us at JB Sales, because we are a smaller team, if we didn't communicate with each other about how we did things, we wouldn't be doing things. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, right. We, we wouldn't function. Um, so it is nothing if not if not open. And uh, I applaud any organization that puts it at one of and makes it one of their pillars for success. Um, yep. I think it's really, really important. Me too. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Meg, this is awesome. As we, as we start to wrap up today's show, I'd love to make sure I give you a chance to spend a, a couple minutes talking about any of the new upcoming features or the highlights or anything that you want to pitch to the CX nation about all the incredible things that you guys are working on uh, over at JV South training. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that the CS audience is listening is you all need some sales training and, and just hear me out on this for a second. Okay. <laughs> just before you, before you hit off. No, I love it. Get into hear it. Me out on this, right? <laughs> so, so one of the things that I did when I started is we have a program called driving to close. It's geared towards anyone who has some sort of a closing responsibility within a sales organization. Okay. Very, very quickly when I started listening in on these trainings and sitting with John, as I, I realized that CS people were attending it because they had responsibilities of closing business too, you know, sure. whether it was an opportunity a renewal, whatever. Yep. Um, I took that closing a uh, driving to close program and I turned it into something called empowering customer success. 
um, same common fundamental principles that driving to close has, but geared towards um, how to work a renewal, how to work a QBR, how to work an EBR, whatever you whatever you call it in your world. Yep. Um, but it's centered around two things. One is question asking, which we've already discussed and how important that is and um, making sure CS is empowered with the right types of questions to ask their existing client base. Um, and then it's also centered around something that you can find in driving to close, which is called the scorecard. Yeah. And I am a huge believer in the give get methodology. And what I realize every day is that CS folks give, 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 but they don't get, get, get. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it does, it creates a, a super uneven playing field um, from the very beginning. And so part of the training that I've developed and I'm delivering now um, is helping CS folks get a good concept of what their gives are, what their gets are, and how to ask better questions to receive those gets uh, and make the negotiation not necessarily something that you brace for impact on, uh, but that you are constantly doing and thinking about as you're working with that customer from start to finish. So I'm super excited. I've delivered it now a few times. Um, I've got a couple more that I, I just sold to some existing clients. So we're going to be rocking and rolling. And then we're going to be putting together some great content uh, to share uh, out with the social world on, on how to engage that audience. That is awesome. I mean, that is really, really cool stuff and people need to check it out. Meg, uh, as we wrap up, where can people find you and where can people find more about GB Sales Training and uh, John Barrows and the Make It Happen Mondays podcast? Yep, absolutely. So all of those things that you just said, you can pretty much turn into a URL <laughs> and, and, and you'll find us, right? So you can find us. I would strongly suggest following JB Sales on LinkedIn. Um, we do a ton of our content there. Um, you can also get access to Make It Happen Mondays. Um, our websites, you can either go to jbarrows.com or jbsales.com. Uh, both work. Uh, and you can learn more about our various programs. Myself, find me on LinkedIn, Megan Holsinger. Um, you can also reach me at mholsinger at jbarrows.com. Love an email. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, and yeah, that's the way to do it. I love it. Meg, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, best of luck to you in the future. And I know that we'll be talking again very soon. Same to you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.